Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's interview is with KJ Ramsey. KJ is an author, counselor, and an Enneagram 4, and today we're talking about her book, This Too Shall Last. We're talking about all of the ways we as a people idolize ease and comfort and how none of that was ever actually promised to us. KJ, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Good to be with you. Yes. So you've actually been on the show before. You were one of like the OG guests on Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I know. It was it feels like it was so long ago, but also not. It's so funny how fast it's gone by. I mean, I think you were literally episode like five or six. So I love that I'm getting to have you back because you wrote a book and it's like (laughs) out in the world or about to be out in the world and it's such a timely subject and conversation. Um, to, to get us started, tell us about yourself and tell us about your book, This Too Shall Last. Yeah, so I am a therapist and a writer, and because of life circumstances, I have come to believe that joy and sorrow really can coexist. And I think it's my whole life's work, but also whole life's wonder to get to share that and experience how true it is. Um, And that's really what a lot of This Too Shall Last is about. It's that when we can get past trying to make our suffering past tense, we can Mm. actually find the God who comes near to us in it, the God who's already near to us because of Jesus. Yes. I mean, so we were talking before we started recording that, and it's funny because I think I preface or say this in the last few episodes, but we are recording this a little bit over a week before it airs because, again, God is so cool and intentional with this kind of stuff. This is such a timely conversation for what people are walking through because I I think on some level, whatever degree to which this pandemic is touching people's lives, they're suffering. Mm-hmm. It may be physically, it may be emotionally, it may be a little bit, it may be a lot. Um, and we were talking about that this is kind of a new concept for me, understanding that our culture really views suffering as something that we patch up and we fix and we set our eyes and our hope on moving forward from. I think that's ingrained in us to function that way. And it's really unhealthy yeah absolutely (laughs) we we've really become acclimated to the american dream being tied to what we think the gospel is and that is that life should always be getting better and that it should if it doesn't feel good it should and there's a problem there to fix we've tied our faith to feeling better and that's not really what the gospel is. The gospel is that God came into this world intent on dying for us Mm. and that it's so that it's in our places of, of suffering, of pain and powerlessness that we most will come to know his power in his life. 
weakness is where we get to know the wonder of the gospel. So if we spend all of our time trying to get past it, we'll miss the God who's there. Yes. Well, and it's it's interesting. I just, on my stories the other day, explained, really kind of slowed down and explained why this show is named the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Confessions of a Crappy Christian. And, and you know, just more was talking about the pushback from that, but that it comes from the verse in Second Corinthians that is exactly what you're saying. In my weakness and boasting in my weakness that his that his power is made perfect and rests on us. And it doesn't say in my weakness and, and boasting in my weakness that God fixes it all. Right. That it all goes away. It doesn't, and it doesn't say that that's a, that's a temporary thing, you know, it, but we warp things that way. We think, okay, I'm going to boast my weakness and how bad this is right now, because then God will fix it. And then it won't be an issue anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. No, and I, I think we, we have a great need right now to get back to the whole story of Scripture, that there is a place within this story where our pain actually does make sense, and that there is an end to this story, which is God making all things new. Mm. God really is going to bring the redemption that we long for, but the the Scriptures make it really clear that that is not happening immediately it's right not. right and I, the concept that we gosh idolize <laughs> easy and we idolize comfort and we idolize the fix quote unquote I want to talk about that because I think that realization for me was jarring it was very jarring to realize that that was something that I was worshiping essentially was the American dream what in whatever form that looks for you Mm -hmm. how have we I think that this expands past Americans but how have we made comfort an idol yeah I think we live like comfort is our king that having lives that feel good will be the thing that satisfies us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel a lot of tenderness while talking about this because the reality is right now, all of us, everybody who's listening, we, we all are facing the pain of having comfort stripped away from us. Mm -hmm. And so while we talk about the, uh, the idolatry of ease and, and casting that down to worship Jesus instead, um, I want to acknowledge that what we're feeling and experiencing as a society and as a world is incredibly painful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really painful to have your life turned upside down and to have your rhythm changed and to have your future suddenly feel incredibly foggy. That is painful. And this is also grace to be able to acknowledge that there might be a better story. Mm-hmm. There might be a better story for us, a story where God stands near to us and strengthens us right in the, the center of our lack. Right. Well, and I think it's important, just like you're saying, you can acknowledge and come to grips with that you have made comfort an idol while grieving that it's been taken away from you. Because 
I God is not up there snapping his fingers thinking, come on, get it together. You were never supposed to idolize this anyway. So, so what if no. you're uncomfortable? You know, I mean, he is, I fully believe he is grieving with us and providing peace in that tension. But I mm-hmm. also think it's a really cool opportunity, however yes. painful it may be, to realize that. Yeah, I think we're at a unique moment in history right now where our eyes are open Mm -hmm. to the idolatry of our hearts to have comfort as the center of our lives instead of Jesus. We're seeing it because we're seeing the ways our lives are changing and we're seeing how, how absolutely scared we feel Mm -hmm. not having the things that, that did make us comfortable and the, the, the illusion of certainty Um, for our futures that made us comfortable too. So I think there's, this is a sweet moment in a way, in a deeply painful way. Right, uh, exactly. Because our eyes are open. Exactly. It is. And it's such a weird tension. And I'm I'm experiencing that in, I feel like, so many ways other than just comfort. You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm loving this much time for my family to be together. But I'm grieving that I have not been alone in 20 days, you know, and and (laughs) that I feel like over and over and over throughout my day, it's this, it's almost like this split happens. And I'm seeing a lot of quote unquote Christian content that wants me to just focus on this time with my family is really sweet. And I think we're doing people such a disservice by not allowing them to grieve. Yes. No matter what it is, you know, I mean, even as far as, which this could probably, this will probably step on some toes, but what's new that, (laughs) that I feel like I've, if I've seen also a lot of things talking about that, the things that are quote unquote hard about this are just indicators of my privilege. And that makes it really hard to grieve or process anything again again because you're thinking, "Oh, well, I I shouldn't even be sad about this." So, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just this such a weird we're getting so many weird messages, I feel like. We are, and I believe deep deep in my soul that the way forward is not shaming one another or ourselves. Amen. The way forward when we acknowledge, when we see our own idolatry, our own our that the that our illusion of certainty has been shattered and that our that our souls feel shattered right now. They really do in a lot of ways. Um the way forward is not to shame that and say you should be grateful for the the time you have with your family or you should be welcoming this change as mm-hmm. uh, a place that uh, is full of possibility or you should be using this time to be productive and set your schedule. I've seen so much productivity porn out there. <laughs> yeah. That is not the way forward. Should is just shame mm. and the gospel is about welcome. So let's talk Enneagram for just a second. Today's episode is sponsored by the Christian Enneagram Club. 
Y'all know how much I love the Enneagram. So if you've been looking for a place to grow using the Enneagram along with your faith, this is for you. The Christian Enneagram Club is all about using the Enneagram from a Christ-centered perspective with on-demand video lessons, monthly coaching calls, and a private community to connect with other members. It's only $27 a month. So the doors for registration will open May 1st through 3rd. Head to christianenneagram.club and sign up so that you don't miss it. christianenneagram.club. It's so true. And I feel like I'm reconciling things right now, like as we're talking about this, because I was, I was just sitting outside working and I have a, I, I really do essentially have two full-time jobs, which I'm so mm-hmm. thankful for, but I, I'm now doing them with either my kids or my whole family home. And right. my husband is so wonderful and took the girls for a walk so that I could jump on some work meetings and I felt this pressure of, oh, I should be going on a walk with them, uh, you know, and I had to like, no, I, we're not doing that. We're not, this is what it is. It is a very weird time to be alive in that moment. Yes. I don't think there is anything wrong with being grateful for the ability to sit outside and have a work meeting and my husband takes the girls on a walk, but also I feel like it's just, I just want to one big hey can we just live can we just live let me grieve however I need to grieve trust the Holy Spirit in me that he and I are we're figuring it out and let's stop putting weird bars and and like qualifiers on how we feel (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I this is this is personal for me too it's a it's not that I am doing 100% 100% great with how our world is changing. I'm swimming in a sea of shoulds as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I spent I've spent probably the majority of the last week feeling like I should be getting more done each day than mm-hmm. I can and having to release my expectations of what I'm capable of right now and and let myself pause with how massive this is yeah our, our our whole world really has changed and though parts of this will pass there will be lasting consequences to yes. what we're living through and I think the wise choice right now is to pause and allow our souls room to soak in the reality that our world is changing forever mm-hmm and that we're experiencing it. And there really is not a generation that has experienced this. Yeah. So here's the here's the million dollar question that I really, I know that we cannot fully unpack within a podcast interview. But this is the question that I feel like I'm getting over and over. I don't know if you are. But if God loves us, why does he allow us to suffer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... That is the question that we all come to at different points in our life and I think is the question that's haunting all of us right now. If God is good, mm-hmm. why does he allow us to suffer? Mm-hmm. And and I think that the only answer to that question is 
another question, <laughs> which is who is who is God? Who is this God that we that we know and that we worship, that we that we read about in Scripture? the 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 only answer to that question is the face of God that has been revealed to us is Jesus, mm-hmm. and Jesus suffered. <laughs> All I know is that God decided to suffer on my behalf and with me. And he took this on himself and experienced it himself. And because we are united to Jesus by the Holy Spirit, God is suffering in us and in our midst. Every single loss that I'm experiencing right now and that each of you are experiencing right now, God is feeling with you in you. So I don't know why God allows the suffering to happen, but I know that he stands with us and experiences it with us. I know that. I mean, mic drop. I feel like, how do you follow that? How do you, how do you follow? Because it's, that is, it's so true. And, and the only thing I would add to that is that I think a lot of people struggle to reconcile the reality that we live in a broken world. Mm-hmm. And that his love for us is exactly what you said, perfectly personified in Jesus and what Jesus did for us. And that this, I, I said this in a previous episode, that this suffering is nothing compared to the glory awaiting. And mm-hmm. that... Standing on the truth that he loves us, not by our circumstances, but by what we know is what gets us through. Yeah. And I I think that we, I would like people to know that the question of why is one that God welcomes Mm -hmm. and he also welcomes a bunch more of your questions like how long, oh Lord, Mm -hmm. and why have you forsaken me? Mm Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the example of scripture is that we get to ask our questions and we get to ask them loud and with, with deep anger and feeling. Um, and I guess, I guess that's what I want people to know is that when I'm saying Jesus stands with us in this, what that means for you practically is that you can release yourself of the burden of trying to figure out why mm. God would allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you actually need to allow yourself to release that burden because the way that God made you, the way he made each of us, um, our brains and bodies can't experience his presence when we're stuck in a state of alarm and questioning. Mm-hmm. When we can when we can get out of the left brain mode of trying to analyze everything, find the purpose in our pain and, you know, come up with a argument for how God maybe still is good in the middle of this. We can get past that and learn how to let our bodies be where we are in our present circumstances. That is what allows our brains to um basically turn on what's called the social engagement system where you can feel that God is with you, Mm. even if you don't understand all the nuances of what this means. That's what I want for people who are listening. I love that. Well, and 
I love what you were saying about God welcomes these questions. We have taught or been taught to prettyfy our prayers. And that is shown nowhere in scripture. Nowhere. Nowhere. You know, I think about David. I put this in my newsletter that went out today, the day that we're recording. David literally... One of his recorded prayers in Psalms is like, how long are we going to do this? How long are Mm -hmm. you going to forget me for? How long are you going to just like leave me in the dark? I am, my enemies are winning. Why do I have to wrestle with this? I mean, the as honest as you can get. And I think things that some of those things we would read or would say and be like, how dare you? How dare you question God like that? Yep. And that is what enters us into an honest relationship with him yes is our honest feelings yeah Blake earlier you said you know what does it look like that we have made comfort an idol Mm -hmm. this is what it looks like it's that we've prettified our prayers and we've made our relationship with God something that has to be pleasant Mm -hmm. instead of honest Mm -hmm. God wants your whole self your honest heart he already yes. knows how you feel. Tell tell him where you're really at and allow yourself to receive the truth that he's with you in it. Yeah, and it's it's when we're trying to hide and block those things off from God, then we're doing the same thing to ourselves. And nothing good ever comes from trying to pretend you don't feel a certain way. So mm-hmm. if that practically looks like laying on your bedroom floor and crying out to God, why are we doing this? How long are we going to do this for? This sucks. Nothing makes sense. Where are you? Mm-hmm. That is more than acceptable. And I hate that's that what, we have that's to what give people... Like right exactly. I hate that we have to give people permission to do that. I wish that that was something that the Capital C Church was doing on its own, but... If that's like if that's what I have to use my little platform for, I'll do it. Like Good. lay on the floor and tell God that this sucks and let yes. him meet you there. Yeah. Something my husband and I are doing um every night and every morning we've started to um hold vigil mm. for our world and for for our own hearts too. We decided and for me I needed a way to externalize some of the weight that I feel for the world. Um, and even for myself, I just, I hold a lot in my body, just aching for what we're all going through. And I needed a way to put that into, into prayer, not Mm -hmm. just to hold it in my own body and to release it back to the God who holds all things together Mm -hmm. in Christ. And so we got, um, some, uh, candle stick holders and some candles and we light them and we sometimes we sit in silence sometimes we play some music and we just sit and pray and allow mm. allow that weight to be acknowledged um, and that's where some of my prayers of how long oh lord mm-hmm. um are are having a space and a time um it's been really grounding for us I love that. That is such a beautiful idea. And (laughs) it's funny. I know your Enneagram type. 
and you know mine. Uh And I'm sitting here thinking about how one of the things that I have struggled with the most is, I mean, everything that we're talking about, it, it has been externalizing how I feel about this. Um, not because I don't feel like it's okay or safe to say those things to God, but sometimes you just, this is bananas. What we are living through is bananas. (laughs) And sometimes you have not, probably not even sometimes, we have got to allow ourselves to feel it whatever way we need mm-hmm. to. And if that means lighting candles and listening to music and, and holding vigil for yourself, for your family, for your world, then do that. If it looks like, like I was saying, like laying on the floor and crying out to him, oh, do it. Like here's, here's the other way it looked yesterday. Um, I for sure screamed into pillows yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm over here as an eight. I have punched a lot of things, not out of anger, but just because I have got to get this, the tension that you're talking about, like, I've got to get it out, and Mm -hmm. I'm a more, like, aggressive type. I haven't, like, punched walls. I have a punching bag because I'm an Enneagram 8. Like, what do you expect from me? (laughs) But, like, that has been, like, we have got to stop trapping it inside of ourselves. Yes. If it comes out as crying, if it, I think God is okay with our anger. Like anger is not a sin. Like yes, sometimes the result of our anger can be a sin, but it's not a sin to punch a punching bag. And so, yes. like, if you're angry about what's happening, and you need to rectify that, like that's okay too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... we have to stop pushing past our pain and pretending yes. like it's not there. Yes. That's the yes. only way that we're going to get through this and and come out on the other side of this pandemic um, whole and mm-hmm. stronger, more aware of of who God is and who we really are. We can, yes. If you're going to if you keep pus- pushing back past your pain, you're eventually going to crumble. Yes. And you, you don't you don't need that. <laughs> right. And like I've said, that looks different for everybody. And mm-hmm. and it looks different for what this looks like for you. I have friends that are literally alone. Like I have friends that are single and they haven't seen another person in upwards of 30 days. And I don't, I don't even know what the answer to that is. But whatever way this needs to flesh out for you... Like, it may look like jumping on a Zoom call and crying with your best friend. Do it. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't want to see us as a people, like you're saying, come out of this half of ourselves because we didn't, we didn't allow ourselves to grieve and we didn't allow ourselves to suffer and feel it because we felt like we weren't allowed to. Right. Yeah. No. Honesty is what makes space for hope. Yes. Honesty. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, this is such a good conversation. I'm so thankful for your honesty and talking about hard things and the fact the way that you have used your own suffering to meet people where they are has been really cool and beautiful to watch you do. Thank you. Um so we close out every episode with 
rapid fire questions. They've changed since you were last on the show. So oh, okay. <laughs> well, the first one has not. It's always what's your enneagram type? I'm a four with a five wing. Yes. Uh, second one is what's your coffee order? Oh well, you know that's not happening right now. But right, right, right. <laughs> I drink my coffee black. Um, nice. If I get something special, maybe a flat white. Mm, I do. Have you had the honey flat white? I haven't. No. It was. It's good. I liked it a lot. Sounds good. Uh, the last one is: if you had any superpower, what would it be? I think I would like to fly. Yeah, it's a good one. It's yeah. just a good superpower to have. I've decided. Mine is to teleport because I'm too impatient to even fly. But that's just <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> I would like to fly because I think it would be really fun to see the aerial view of. All the, Everything. like, beauty. Yeah. yeah absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, KJ, tell everybody where they can find, follow you, and get your book when it comes out. Yeah. Um, you can find me across social media at KJ Ramsey Writes. Uh, I especially love Instagram. And you can get my book at kjramsey.com slash book, um, including there's some links there for some um independent bookstore sellers uh which is great with what's going on with amazon right now so it comes out may 12th but it's available for pre-order right now awesome thank you so much thank you for having me so good to talk with you today all right that's it for this week thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy christian podcast and hey by the way if you super loved it can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This morning, Jen woke up, made three breakfasts, did two loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility, terms and conditions, and other account agreements. Member FDIC. Once upon a time in a convenience store, a woman asked, which zero-calorie drink will I like more? The cashier said, I have a thought, Coke Zero Sugar always hits the spot. The taste made her heart fill with laughter, and with her Coke Zero Sugar, she lived happily ever after. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, unbelievably delicious. No trip to the store is complete without the unbelievably delicious zero-calorie taste of Coke Zero Sugar. 